Hey, Phil. Hey, Senda. Uh, I'm feeling kind of funny. Really? Is it? Are you still sick? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yes, but I'm also like, you know, feeling kind of like weird, non-linearly feel like I'm in two places at the same time. But are we Go at Metatopia? On. We're at Metatopia. Yes, right? we're at Metatopia. <laughs> And welcome to Panda's Talking Games. I'm your healthy host, Phil. And I am your, hopefully better by the time you hear this episode, host, Senda. I hope so. I should hope so. So for tonight's topic, uh, our this is our second grab bag episode while we are recovering from the Metatopia weekend because this will be the Monday directly after Metatopia that you are hearing our words. Next week, we will be back with the Metatopia recap, but for now, we're going to do a few more short questions so that we have a show for you that day. Ready? And here we go. John on our forums asks, how do you handle broaching the topic of planning the next campaign while the current campaign is still running? I've seen this take the wind out of the sails of the game that's running, particularly if the change involves a switch in GM or system. So this happens to me all the time. Yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah. Um, Ways to handle this. So one, I think if you're the GM that's prepping the next campaign, try being quiet is the first <laughs> thing I would say, right? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I think the first thing you do is like, say as little as possible about the new campaign, right? Like, if you're starting to read the book for the new campaign, don't be like, oh my God, I just finished reading this thing and it was the hotness. Like, I it can't play, I can't so believe we're still playing cool. this dump. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. don't do that. Like, if it's good, it'll be good when the players get there. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, my standard with my current game group is we we start planning the next campaign as we're wrapping the other one up. So we're not, I think there's a trick to also the timing, which is just like, if you are still on the ramp up to the climax, like maybe don't, maybe that's not the right quite timeline. If But if you're like not in an exciting end point, like series finale point of your previous campaign that's still running maybe now is not a really good time to tell them how cool this new thing that you found was yeah i mean if possible try to prepare your game later but yeah. i think that depending on the game you may need some lead in time right like if you're reading a really like large book and have a lot of material to cover like you might want that lead in time so i think the first and best piece of advice for this is just don't share Right, like I, your urge is going to be shared to share, but don't. Um, so, so it's weird to me because part of us planning our next campaign while we're still in the middle of the last one is we also have to decide who's going to GM, and we don't know what game we're going to play yet. Right? right. So there's like there's a there's a round of like okay, this is probably the last couple of sessions of this game. I'm thinking about X, Y, Z, or like who's interested in running. Like that's the kind of conversations we start having. 
Yep. And we do see what we're excited about and decide based on that which which kind of direction we're going. We don't do any kind of world building. We don't do any kind of like investment building stuff. I think that's the key. Don't build any investment in the new campaign until you're done with the old one. Yeah, I think that's pretty uh I think that's pretty safe. Like don't do don't do your session 0. Don't do character gen. Don't do any of that stuff. I would even suggest don't even do rule demos. Like, yeah, don't no. run a one shot of it. Don't do anything that's going to distract the current campaign, right? Like, if the current campaign is going well, and, and I'm assuming the current campaign is going well. Like, if the current campaign right. is dogging, then, like, sure, do this and, Murder you know, it, get yeah. the switch underway. But if the current campaign is going well and you don't want to jeopardize people's attention on it, like, you need to not create attention, Right. And so part of that is also not engaging uh, the players in any investment and emotionally investment activities. There is a thing, too. So as a player, if you know what the next game is and you're really excited about it and you've lost interest in the current campaign, but there's like still six months of current campaign left. Like if you're in that situation, it's a tricky place to be. And it warrants a conversation about like if everyone else is still interested or not, if everybody is just kind of slogging through to get to the next one, you know, to talk about it at the table or what could be done to recreate your interest in this one so that you can polish it off, you know, that kind of stuff. But if yeah. nobody's interested in any more than like, heck, just go to the new one, whatever, just play an, an end point and go. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I think that um, I think that if your game is healthy and it's chugging along, you just need to limit the exposure of people to the other game. If yeah. you're if your game is floundering, like you need to look at like, can we save this game? And if we can't, then maybe we just shake cannon, right? Like we can go play some board games until the new campaign's ready. Um, or maybe we'll move up that session zero, stuff like that. Like I think yeah. there's now, I think there's there's definitely a politeness thing because he also mentioned um, if, if the game in, if if the new thing involves a change in GM, and I think there's definitely a politeness thing as a GM coming in with to switch over a campaign. This is very much that thing where like yeah, you do not get people invested in your new hot coolness thing until everybody's done with the old game, right? Or until you're like ramping right. into it. So like my players used to be terrified of August. Because <laughs> because I would go to Gen Con and we would yep. be in the middle of a campaign and I would come home with all new shiny books and be like, oh, yeah. campaign, huh, Psh, that whatever. is, that is that. old and junky. This is new and hot, right? So um, <laughs> I learned over time to be more disciplined about that, right? Like there is a little bit of self-control about, I don't need to read this right away. Like I'm going, like, for instance... In January, I got January, February, I got my big box of um, Tales from the Flood. Yeah. Right. The, I backed the full campaign thing, right? The book, the secondary book, dice, the like the whole nine yards. Everything. Yep. And I was in the middle of my masks campaign and I knew I wasn't going to play this game until um, I, in fact, I only started it like two, uh, what is it, a month ago. So I just put it on a shelf. I didn't know. Yep. Op- I didn't, I didn't flip through it. Other yep. than like the first day when I first got it, but I just put it up on a shelf and I was like, well, when my masks game is done, then I'll take a look at this. Yep. And that's what I did. Like it, it I mean, 
that's I mean, it, it sounds like trivial, but like, of course, I wanted to go through it and read it and then tell everybody how awesome it was and stuff like that. But we were in the middle of this like amazing masks game. So I just put the other books on the shelf and was yep. like, it's OK. They're not going anywhere. I'm going to play this game later. And everyone else in the group is really excited to play it later, but they're also really excited about this game. And I need to make sure that the masks game goes well. Right. And comes to a conclusion, an end point. Exactly. So um, the answer, John, which is probably not as much fun, is self-control is the secret (laughs) to... Self-control is the secret to this one. Don't say anything. Don't get anyone involved. And have patience to leave things sitting until you're ready, until the right time to break them out. Yes. Agree. Good. All righty. Okay. Um, so the next question um, is from Captain Captain Richard, who asked, what are your thoughts on balancing the new hotness with the old standbys? Everyone has a different ideal ratio of trying new things to sticking with what, what they know. Where do you folks fall on that spectrum? What's your advice for folks who are having trouble calibrating that mix for themselves? So if I'm reading, if I'm getting this correctly, what um, what Captain Richard is is talking about is that in the course of games that you play over time, when do you chase the new hotness and when do you um, fall back to like some of your standards that are the standards for your group, right? So we'll just assume that they're the standards for your group. And what's like the right ratio of that? Like, do you push the bleeding edge? Do you you know, stay tried and true to your standby, you know, to your, to your, I don't even want to say standbys, like to your faithful games, those kinds of things. So where are you on that spectrum? Cause I think I know. I mean, this is really funny cause I've been thinking about it ever since we read the question and I, I had two immediate reactions. And, and the first one was, well, on Saskia, I'm playing new things all the time, like absolute bleeding edge half the time they haven't even come out yet. They're on Kickstarter. Right. And then I was like, Oh, but in my game group, we, have never yet once played the same game twice. Correct. Yep. Yeah, that's a thing. So the interesting thing for me is I can actually split this pretty cleanly along the lines of when it's something that I'm running, I tend to be a lot slower on picking up new things because it depends on how much time I have to learn new rule sets. So frequently at conventions and stuff, you will get me running things that I already know pretty well. So I'll run a protocol, turning point. Now I will run Swords Without Master. What else do I usually run at conventions? Love and Justice, Lasers and Feelings. Like I have I have like a set of games that I don't have to think about to run them. And those are sort of my old faithfuls. And I know that they work well at conventions and I sit down and I run them. Right. But like my actual game group, we haven't played the same game twice yet. The only one that we keep returning to is the one that Wen is still writing. So I can't even tell you all where to find it called Yes. And that seems to be our like go-to when we are like, oh, everybody's out or something. Let's just do this instead. It used to be protocol. Right. And now it's Yes. So that's really interesting. I think that the answer for me is that I am, quite honestly, I am frequently chasing new experiences. So it's not always about the new hotness. About It's, it's about um, what is a cool situation or emotional result or, you know, any of those things that this game can create for me that I haven't experienced before. And I'm really into, like, yeah, let's go do the new one. So I guess for me... <laughs> I play the new hotness a lot, constantly, always. 
Yeah, I don't think I'm actually too far um, off from you on this. Like, I, I tend either. not to play the same games again very often. I um, My group, groups, actually, are uh, kind of the same way. I love learning new games, so... I'm often the one who's like, and I'm often, I'm almost 99% of the time the GM. So I'm very often like, cool, I'm going to learn this new game and then we're all going to play it. The thing that I'm better at lately than not is like my campaigns tend to go longer. So this is good and bad, right? Like, so it's good in that my games are fairly stable, but it's bad because after I've played a game for six, eight months, my inclination to go play it again is very low. Yeah. Right? Now, <laughs> yeah. my standbys, like, I'm pretty sure that masks will become one of my standbys. Like, yeah. that is a system that I really enjoy, and it's fun, and I can have a lot of fun with that game um, in both um, serious ways and fun ways. Uh, Swords Without Masters, absolutely one of my standbys. Yeah, it's great. I've run it for years before you started running it. I know. Um, I will I will break that game out from time to time. But yeah, Action I am, Movie World is one of your standards. Action Movie World is a standby. Like I will pull out Action Movie World for one shots. I will not run it anything beyond a one shot. It's like a good good solid one shot game. Yep. Yeah, like I have a few of those. Um I, I have a few I have a few standards that I kind of keep on call, like oh blown game situation, like let's do this, right? But I'm definitely not a person who's like, like my, nor is my game group like, oh, let's play a new game. Then let's go back and play our favorite game. Let's go play a new game. Let's go play our yeah, favorite game. No. Like we play a new game and then we're all buying Kickstarters and stuff. So we're all kind of watching what's coming next. And it's like, well, hey, this game just came in. Like, I totally want to like, I'll run uh, Becky Arneson's um Bite marks. Bite marks, oh, right? Oh, like, man, that game is so good. Like, bite marks is absolutely <gasps> going to be on my radar, right? Yeah, like, you're going to run a fantastic game of bite marks, too. Right. Like, that one will come down the line at some point. But, you know, where I am right now, like, I don't have any new hotness on my list right now. Like, I'm just playing what I, I, I have my current hotness. Yeah, current hotness is good. Current hotness for me is I'm finally running Swords Out without Master, which I had played a bunch with you and I hadn't run before. And now I'm running it because I, I was specifically on the hunt for something that didn't require me to do prep because I know kind of where my energy space is right now. And it, work isn't just wild. So I don't have brain space for prepping things no. at all. That's uh, that's definitely a thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to look at Captain Richard's second or last question on this, which is what mm. is your advice for folks who have trouble calibrating, calibrating. that mix for themselves? So, uh, so here are some things that you want to uh, think about and balance. New games reset your mechanical mastery. Yes. Right. So new games are new games always require more work. Um, they are a little more bumpy in that you are trying to figure out the game and sort it out and stuff like that. And you, like again, you lose all your familiarity, right? So you lose your system mastery and all of that. On the other side of it is you get lots of cool new experiences, right? So you get to try games and places and systems and things like that you've never tried before. Tend to be really good at pushing out your boundaries yeah. um, and, and exposing you to uh, new and different ideas in gaming. Yeah. Your standby games are going to be games that you have built up mechanical mastery in. They uh, tend to have lower times to prep because you are in much better control of the game. So uh, prepping it tends to go a lot faster. 
it will, uh, if you've got, if you've used a standby for a while, it will have uh, a predictable feel for what the game feels like. So um, you can get a pretty consistent experience with it every time you play. And your sessions will be less bumpy because with your mechanical mastery nailed down, you'll be able to kind of push through and sail through the um, content in a timely manner. So so can I just say something in relation to that? And I sure. think that this is sort of true for both of us. I think that um, there's a, a, a correlation between being super into the new hotness all the time and playing games that tend to have a lower barrier of entry in terms of mechanical mastery, because we couldn't do this if we were doing D&D or Pathfinder champions every couple months right like or even Genesis honestly right like those big rule books like you you can't go through them this fast because it just has such a steep on-ramp so like part of the reason that I think that I'm always after games that have that low mechanical barrier to entry is because I'm on the hunt for new things all the time I want to play new things all the time and the end result is that I play things that don't have a, a lot of mechanical mastery that I have to gain to right. get into them all the way, right? Sorry, that was just a correlation that I was like, ooh, and this. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. Um, so I think going back to figuring out your calibration for this, yeah, um, calibrate your desire to learn new games and the bumpiness that goes with that, the lack of mechanical mastery and all of that, with the uh, comfort of something that is familiar and solid, something that you can just kind of jump right into, uh, and not have to like pick up the book and flip through it a whole bunch of times and things like that. And the thing is, um, each group will be a little different. Um, some groups may, you know, not have any interest in exploring uh, new games and they want to stay firmly rooted in the things they know. And other groups may never want to look at the same game twice. I think that a mix is always good. I think that sometimes going back to something that you've played before can be a lot of fun. But, you know, there's always, I mean... We're in a kind of we're kind of in a golden age where games just keep coming out and they're um, they're just progressively getting better and better. And so I am definitely, you know, one who's just like, why play this again when we could go play this? (laughs) I mean, I also think that your calibration is going to have something to do with the style of game that you enjoy. Because inevitably, if it takes a long time for you to gain system mastery of the system that you're playing, it makes it harder to jump system to system all the time. And you're inevitably going to revisit things more frequently, I think. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Cool. Cool. Uh, Our last question comes from Captain Mike, who asks... What is the game you would like to see the other person, other like other than like I suspect what I would like to see you? Yeah, I'm assuming what I would like to see you run. Sure. Uh, what would you like to see the other person run as either a long or short term game? Yeah, I mean, I have like a list of games that I would like to play in that I would like you to run, really <laughs> as like short campaigns because. Yes. Uh, And it's gotten longer since we first originally talked about this question because I was like, I'm still really excited. There was a point where we were going to set up a headspace game and then we it didn't kind of all click together. But I'm still really excited about you running a headspace game because your cyberpunk is on point and I really like it. And then I also now really want to play in a game of bite marks with you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I would love to play in a game of bite marks like... 
That would be amazing. I think you would run that game really well because it's all like politics, wolves, our relationships, and then like pack battles. Yeah, Urgh, I'm so down. I'm down with that. Um, and I think that you would run a masterful game of, of bite marks and I would be super duper into playing that as a campaign with you. I'm very sure there's also more that I'm not thinking of tonight, but those are the two I can think of off the top of my head. I would like to see you run, though I want to play in it, which is why we don't entertain this, right? Like, I would really <laughs> like to see you run Monster Hearts. Um, I yeah. also want to run Monster Hearts, but... I know. We could, we could, maybe that's the game we're going to co-GM. Well, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. We should probably be very clear about this, right? Like, I, I think that people... So while we both GM games, and especially if you go to a con, you will find both of us GMing games. Um, yeah. Our preferences for GMing games are different. Like, yes. <laughs> I love being a GM, and I yeah. am a GM like 98% of the time I play, right? Yeah. Like, But that's not true for you, actually. No, I GM when my turn comes back round. Right. right? You like, actually prefer playing. And so why don't we just change up this question a little and talk briefly about what are games that we would like uh, me to run that you would play in? Oh, well, I totally just listed a couple. I mean, I would love to play in your Monster Hearts game, too. Would you just run all of the games, please? I mean, I don't have a problem with that. I would lo- like I really want to run Monster Hearts, but I've been very picky about it, like, I haven't brought it up to my current game group because I want a bigger, I want a, I want a better mix. Yeah, like specific. My, like yeah, my current mix. game group's very, uh, very much dudes and yeah. um, very much dudes and very much straight. And I would like very uh, neither of those things <laughs> in my uh, in my Monster Hearts game. Like, I really want to, I, I, I want to play that game, but I want to queer it the hell up, right? Like I like so. I need like a different group uh, for Monster Hearts. I would love to run Headspace. Um, yeah, Headspace my, would be great. Yes, my cyberpunk is pretty on point, so I, I would have fun. Very, yeah. Um, bite marks, just, yes. the The one that I actually really would like to see you run for a one-shot, or even a short campaign, would be Night Witches. Because I'm not sure that, like, I think I would do a decent job of playing the oppression of the um, the male officers, but I suspect your insight, uh, uh, like as a woman, would make it like far more interesting. Interesting. Like I would That's be playing. I would be playing. Run. I would be playing it like okay. I'll just be like dudes. Like I'll just make the you know base commander a dude, that kind of thing, and might miss some of the more subtle aggressive things that like that somebody in that kind of position would do where I think you would be very acutely aware of what those things are. Yeah. Like as a GM, you could bring those to the table as an asset. Right. Although that kind of game is really hard for me to run because my style tends to be much more. Um, yeah. That's not freeform your game. And funny. So yes. like, that's not actually a game that I no. would um, just pick up on a whim to run. I would absolutely play it. Yeah, of course you would. <laughs> I mean, I like to stab myself in the heart when I'm playing games, but I don't have a lot of confidence in my ability to stab other people in the heart when I'm running games. Yeah, see, that's a game that like I like I'm not shy about running that game. I have done it. I have done it a couple of times. I'm not shy about running that game. Like I would run that game. Like, there are games I'm shy about running. Like I'm not 100% convinced I'm the right person to run Bluebeard's Bride. 
Right. I'm not 100% sure I can play Bluebeard's, Bluebeard's Bride. Right. But I could definitely run Night Witches, right? Yeah. And at some point would like to run Night Witches because I think this, I think they're... The story of the Night Witches is just amazing and like a chance to kind of, you know, through proxy experience that I think is really neat. Monster Hearts is by far the game that I really want to play uh, with you. Like I really want, I I really want. It has all the things in it that we both really like. Yes. Monsters and queerness. Monsters, queerness, so much like repressed, like want to sex and then like murder. Yeah. (laughs) Like relationship complications. Yeah. I I also will say that at some point I will be very, um, I will like, we had a little taste of it and it, the game's got a little while to go, but one, I would really like to play more ditch lilies with you, which well, I'll get to do as we design it. Hell yeah. But the other game that I really enjoyed having you in, but it's got to go through a couple another development cycle is uh, Long Live the Queen. Yeah, that game is awesome too. Um, like, I would like that's a game like I you were I loved your I loved the characters that you play in Long Live the Queen. Right, <laughs> they're fun. There's actually a game I don't know when we'll see it, and I, I it's it's from Metatopia last year. Now I don't remember what it's called, and I feel terrible. But there's a game that a gal was working on that that mimicked. Nancy Drew novels, Nancy Drew mystery stories. Um, I would love to run that game. That was, that was, no, no, Betsy or Beth? Betsy. It was definitely Betsy. It was definitely Betsy. That was Betsy's game. Yes. Oh, I feel really bad that it's like my brain is not working so well. Hopefully she'll be there again this year. I would love to see if it's like iterated into um, the next thing because I really like, I can't wait to have it on my show and stuff. Like, I'm really excited about it. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I think it would be, um, yeah, that game. I mean, you were very excited about that game, and I, I was heard very a little excited. bit. I heard yeah. a little bit more about it at Metatopia, but I haven't heard anything since. I know. Um, I was very excited about that game because I like read every Nancy Drew novel I could get my hands on as a kiddo, and like I haven't read them as an adult, but also I don't really care. <laughs> like <laughs> I just want to read it. So that would be fun. Um, that would be good. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that covers it. Um, it is funny, though, because I think people think that we GM like an equal amount and we don't. Like. Right. It is really funny because if we both sit down at a game table and we're like, huh, who should run a game? The It'll answer is you. Right. Um, I mean, I run. It's not that I don't run games with some level of consistency. But if yeah, I mean, if if there's a strong GM at the table, I'm like, cool, you run it. <laughs> yeah, I'm um... I'm no I'm no Bob. <laughs> I mean, Bob's the ultimate player, right? Bob never runs games. I know. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, right. I, I, I run games with some level of consistency. But, yeah. But if there is someone who is well-versed in the system or, like, whatever the setting or whatever it is that's like, ooh, I think I'll just run this. I'm like, yes, you run it. Very good. You should yes, run in, it. In, in, in our dynamic, I tend to I tend it, to run. You tend to play. Yeah. Which is okay because that's also how we kind of do playtesting and stuff. Is I tend to run, I tend to run the game. You tend to play in it and give me the player perspective back, um, which is which is what you did all through Hydro Hackers, which you played dozens of games of Hydro Hackers and then so fed many. back fed back all that information to me. Yeah, well, because also like I was like the only person who had played every single playbook. Yes. And so I was able to do things like compare the playbooks and and tell you, you know, you, this one is problematic because 
your main stat can't do anything. Yes. <laughs> like the diviner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, with that. Yeah. We should pack up. Um, we totally should. Yep. So thank you, um, Captain Mike, for uh, such a great question. Uh, and send it before we hit the closing of the show. Uh, let me tell you about Down with D&D. Uh, that's a show where Chris and the Mad Wizard, Sean Merwin, dish about everything D&D with a focus on the brand and the newest edition of the world's most popular tabletop RPG. Say, Senda, where can people reach us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on the Misdirected Mark forums. If you check them out at misdirectedmark.com, where we are probably still running a contest where you can win dice bags. Or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? You can and should give us uh, some topics to talk about. We like to talk about the things that you find interesting. We like to talk about things that you have questions about. If you have questions, we have answers. Um, if you have observations, we also have observations and, uh, basically you just send them to us and then, uh, I magically make them into shows. Right. And then we just talk about them a bunch. Yeah, indeed. Um, so yeah, please do that. That's great. And if you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, you can support a Patreon campaign. You can go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons get all sorts of good things. They get the bonus outtakes from this show, the after show from Mr. Mark, access to our Slack room for life. You can come hang out with us on our Minecraft server. Uh, you can get the occasional goodies from Encoded Designs when we make a thing. And uh, sometimes uh, some of the other hosts make stuff too, like songs on the harp and things <laughs> like that. Um, and those get uh, spread around as well. Uh, we also like to do some uh, shout outs uh, each week. Senda, do you want to do the shout outs this week? Absolutely. Merrick Blackman, the Royal D&D reviewer. Thank you so much, Merrick. Scott Ryder, thank you so much, Scott. You're awesome. And Matthew Petrozella, you are also awesome. Thank you. There's a thing you can do if uh, you are already supporting the Patreon campaign or unable to support the Patreon campaign, which is totally fine. That thing um, is uh, super duper awesome, makes us feel super duper great, gives us great super duper artistic validation. And that thing is... You can leave us a super duper review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. If you leave a review, it actually really does actually help people find the show. And sometimes I say actually a lot... Almost as much as Phil says super duper. If you leave it somewhere that is not the Apple US podcast store, just if you want to let us know, that'd be cool because otherwise we probably won't see it. And trust me, we would really like to see it. Yeah. Thank you so very, very much to everyone who already has. You guys are awesome. So, Phil, what game are you going to play after Forbidden Lands? Yeah. You know, I got to be honest, I don't even know. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. It's the B Show. The B Show. Da 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 B Show. It's uh it's before one o'clock in the morning. The B Show. <laughs> B Show. B Show. Da 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 da. We're I don't not know what song bright. I'm thinking of. 
We're not We're as not brilliant. As chipper. <laughs> no, we have to do it with a I B. Think, okay, not as bright. We're not as brilliant. Some of us are not as. Some of us are more belligerent. I do not blah. say blah blah blah. <laughs> blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. It's the B show. Yay, You're starting to go movies. down. You're starting to go downhill, sickness wise. I am. I have more better. tea. I have more tea. I know, and you need to be better before Metatopia. So oh, I will be better before Metatopia. We're not going to rush this episode, but we're not going to linger around too long. I am way past the time to get my hair cut because my sideburn. See my uh-huh. sideburn right here is yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Like you can, I can play with. Oh, it. Oh, you can grab it. Is that I, is that the thing that gets you? Yeah, I have them take them. I have them take my sideburns off at every um, haircut. Yeah. So at the point when I can um, grab my sideburns again, like it is now time. time. It is time to break out some clippers and get my uh, get my stock Vecchione haircut. So the lady who did my haircut last time did it very differently. Like she achieved the same result, but she actually used clippers instead of scissors to cut my hair. Interesting. Like all of my hair. And I was like, I don't know what's happening back there. I didn't think I wanted it that short. And then she was done and I was like, oh, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, I I, can pretty much anyone can do my hair, but there is this one guy down um, at the place that I go that um, is really excellent like his razor work is really good like he just like the attention to detail and the edges and stuff like that is like really superior so i'm hoping nico is there uh to do up my hair but if not like if not i'll just go to somebody else like it'll somebody be, else can do it it'll, be, it'll okay. be fine it won't be like nico does it so so i'm gonna tell you i'm drinking tea because i'm definitely coming down with a cold but I am drinking tea from my new Double Clicks mug that I got at their last concert when they were here, and I like it very much. Yeah, it's pretty adorable. Yeah, and I'm going to plug them because I think they're awesome. They're redoing their Patreon campaign right now, so if you get in on it like soon enough, which might be after this episode, so you might be too late already, then they're like sending out pins to everybody, like little no, metal cat pins. So I'm like super excited about that whole thing. We should go make metal panda pins. Mm. Oh my god, we totally should. I right. should look into that. All righty. Anyway, Let's do it up. Do you think we could do and um, we could do we could do the pins of art with the Okay, good. Meow. No, what were you saying? <laughs> no, we could do the pandas our 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 panda pandas, like not random panda, but like we could do the us panda pin, the Meglish's art. Well, what what else would we have done? I don't know, a random panda? No. No. We have our own artwork. I know we have the awesome... Uh, Yeah, okay. I'm going to make a dress out of that someday, too. I already talked to her about it. I'm very excited about it. Anyway, moving right along. Meow. Meow. Bloop. All right. Cue music. Are you doing it again? I like the... Yes. I think maybe if we can modify this question a little, why don't we talk about a couple games that we would um, we would like Are to you play? Rearranging your microphone. I did. Okay. Rewind and say that bit again. Your camera froze. Sure. So I couldn't tell what was happening, but there was weird noises. Bloop. That felt really wrong. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I know, but I was just being nice. I was like holding the door open for you. Okay. Um, Bloop. 
I mean, I'll have to talk to my players about it. I don't have one lined up, but like at some point we'll come to the end of Forbidden Lands and uh yeah, at some point we'll have to figure out what to do with that. But uh Show uh, yeah. me what you got. Show me Show what me you got. got. <laughs> Show, Show me what you got. Uh, I did uh, the music faded. Oh yeah. Cool. We do we do. We already have I'm looking Zoom. on I'm looking on Apple Podcasts right now. Do we have new things? No, nah, not so new. I'm so sorry. I'm totally losing it. <laughs> it's okay. We can be done. I kept it together. You did it. We did it. We got through an A and a B show. So good. Let's uh let's end it right now and say goodbye to everybody. Okay. Bye. Hopefully I'll see some of you at Metatopia. Hopefully we will. Oh, this is the one that comes out right after Metatopia. Hopefully we saw some of you at Metatopia. Say goodbye. (laughs) Bye. Bye.